Welcome to episode 330 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, biohacker, author of What, When, Wine, and creator of the supplement line Avalon X. And I'm here with my co-host, Vanessa Spina, sports nutrition specialist, author of Keto Essentials, and creator of the Tone Breath Ketone Analyzer and Tone Lux Red Light Therapy Panels. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and ketogenicgirl.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this show do not constitute medical advice or treatment. To be featured on the show, email us your questions to questions at ifpodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. So pour yourself a mug of black coffee, a cup of tea, or even a glass of wine if it's that time and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends. Would you like to support your mood, your memory, your sleep, your rest, and your relaxation? I have been honestly blown away by the response to my magnesium nightcap featuring magnesium threonate. And if you're listening, when this episode comes out, you can get grandfathered in for 25% off for life. Yes, for life. So what is magnesium nightcap? It features magnesium threonate. That is a special type of magnesium that specifically crosses the blood brain barrier, meaning it gets the magnesium into your brain. And studies have shown it can support cognition, mood, and memory, as well as rest and relaxation. I take it every single night of my life and have experienced profound effects on my sleep. I see it in my aura ring. And so many of you guys have told me that as well. It's so exciting to release my Avalon X supplements because I formulate them to be exactly what I would want to take and to be the best on the market. And the feedback from my magnesium nightcap has been amazing. People reporting how it helps their mood, how they're sleeping so much better and begging for a subscription. Like all my Avalon X supplements, My magnesium nightcap is tested multiple times for purity and potency, and we formulated it to be completely free of problematic fillers, as well as tested multiple times for heavy metals and mold. You guys know that is so important to me. And this is what's really rare in the supplement industry. It comes in glass bottles. That's because I am not about plastic. We have got to stop the leaching of plastic into ourselves and the environment. And starting with your supplements is one way to do that. And now through August 21st, you can get 25% off for life when you sign up for a subscription. Yes, 25% off. That is huge. That is a quarter off. And you will maintain that discount for life as long as you keep the subscription active. And don't worry, you don't have to be committed to it. You can pause or cancel your subscription at any time. Although if you want to keep that discount, I recommend pausing and then just restarting back whenever you like, because if you cancel, you will lose that discount that you were so lucky to snag. You can get that at Avalon X. Now, if you're listening after August 21st, you can still get 10% off with the coupon code Melanie Avalon. But if you want that 25% off, hopefully you're snagging that subscription now. If you want to get the latest updates from me so that you do not miss these specials in the future, get on my email list that is at avalonx.us slash email list. 
and you can get text updates as well as a one-time 20% off code when you text Avalon X to 877-861-8318. That's Avalon X to 877-861-8318. You can also get 10% off site-wide from any supplements created from my fantastic partner, MD Logic Health, that helped me create the supplement. For that, just go to melanieavalon.com slash mdlogic. So again, to get 25% off my magnesium nightcap featuring magnesium 38 for life, go to avalonx.us and snag this before the end of the day on August 21st. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 330 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Vanessa Spina. Hello, everybody. How are you today, Vanessa? I am doing awesome. How are you? 
I am good. We were just saying it's been a while since we've talked. It's been quite a while because you were traveling and things came up, and but here we are. So we're excited. So excited to be back here with you. I've been looking forward to it as always. And yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling energized and <laughs> ready to go. Okay. I have, I have so many things to talk about. I, I have one random question for you though. I listened to your beautiful episode announcing your pregnancy on your podcast, which was really special to listen to and hear your backstory and everything that you've gone through. And congratulations again. Thank you. This is it. Wait, have we talked about it? No, this is it. Like officially sharing it on this podcast <laughs> that yeah, I'm I'm pregnant again and super, super excited about it. And when this episode drops, we'll be at 21 weeks. And the day that this is coming out, we have our 21, we're doing it at 21 weeks. We have the the big ultrasound, the anatomy scan. And yeah, it's been so exciting. And <laughs> the baby's due date is December 25th, which is absolutely hilarious. He's going to hate his birthday. I mean, he or she is going to hate their birthday. <laughs> and yeah, we're just so over the moon, so excited. But thank you for the kind words about it. And I've been excited to share it on this podcast too. Okay. That was a complete fail. I totally forgot that we hadn't, <laughs> I would have like done that differently, but we've talked about it so much and I listened to your episode. Okay. Friends, that was a big announcement. <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I was going to ask you the most random question about it, but first I'm going to focus on the moment. Yes. I am so excited for you. I'm living vicariously through you because I think like we've talked about, I don't really anticipate ever having children. I mean, I won't say never. I used to say the same thing, girl. And here I am like baby number two coming. So yeah, you never know. This is true. But in the meantime, <laughs> while I'm not anticipating it, I'm just living vicariously through you because I feel like we would approach it very similarly, like the pregnancy experience. Yeah, probably very similarly. <laughs> so oh, I'm just so happy for you. Thank you. I really, I'm still going to ask my really random question. What do you, because I was listening to your episode, we can put a link to it in the show notes where you talk in detail about your whole experience thus far. What do you think causes food aversions and pregnancy, especially things like meat, because you think with meat that it's like the most nutrient dense thing, but you were talking about how in your first pregnancy, you had meat aversions and you were hoping that you don't get them this time around. Yes. It's so funny because I've talked to so many friends about this, especially people who are like in the paleo space who are, you know, in the, you know, keto or carnivore space, but like, why do you think that is? Cause it obviously makes life a little trickier if you're like mostly a meat eater and suddenly you were, you know, having meat aversions. I had aversions to steak, which is the most common one of all my friends and, and other moms who are like similarly inclined lifestyle and diet wise. This time I haven't had it so far. And the predominant theory is that because of potential pathogens in like, for example, steak that is not fully cooked, that because the risk is is high from that, that it's almost safer to just like avoid it. I think that that's, it's probably a good theory. 
I also think it could have to do with other things like how much, like what your iron status is. Because this time I was slightly anemic in the first trimester. I actually have to check on on how that's going. But I sort of ramped up my consumption of, of beef, especially because it has so much bioavailable heme iron in it. And I wanted to kind of, you know, compensate for that a little bit. And I haven't had any meat versions. So I'm wondering, because I my theory was that maybe it has something to do with like how many nutrients you need from that certain protein. And maybe if like last time I was eating so much beef already going into the pregnancy that maybe I hit like some kind of like limit where my body was like, okay, we have enough of these nutrients. Like, so we're going to have you crave chicken. Cause that's what I was craving. <laughs> it was, was chicken. So I was making chicken fajitas like every night, but this time so far I haven't had it at all. And for me last time it started in the second trimester. So I may still be proven wrong, but I think this time, because I was slightly anemic that my body needs the iron. And this time I'm not having any aversions. Like we just had steak for dinner uh, like an hour ago. So definitely not having any aversions, but when you have the aversions, it's really intense. Cause like a lot of people, you can't smell it. You can't be around it. You can't like, it's a pretty powerful instinct. And yeah, I, so there's, there's some really interesting theories about it. Okay. Wow. I have some follow-up thoughts and questions. Okay. So one, that was going to be my two theories was the pathogens. My like caveat about the pathogens is I find it interesting that we would have evolved enough for our bodies to know that we eat meat, red meat, more likely raw, but we typically cook other meats. Like it's interesting that it would, if that's the reasoning, it's interesting that our body would distinguish, oh, red meat is what we typically eat raw, you know? But maybe. And then two, I was going to say the iron, but I was thinking maybe it was because of avoiding nutrient overload, like iron. And then the tangent from iron that you are going to like, and you might be familiar with this, you probably are. So yesterday, actually, two stories here. One, I interviewed a guest yesterday, and have you ever lost an episode or like, have you ever recorded and you weren't recording? It's like the most brutal, painful thing ever. <laughs> yeah. It's so awful. Like we recorded like 30 minutes and then his mic messed up. So we started again and we recorded another like 40 minutes. I realized that second 40 minutes, I never hit start. Like I never hit record. We were like, we're just going to put a pin in this. We're going to like come back later because it's so defeating. It's like, yeah, you can't do it the third time. I can't. Like I can't. So, but in any case, it was a episode on red light therapy and specifically like laser implementation because LEDs as well, but also the laser modality. This man is so knowledgeable. His name is Forrest Smith. He has a company called Canyon. Oh, I got to interview him. He has a, um, a modular device that you actually strap to your body. So it's for like targeted treatment of like my knee issues. And it's really great. And he's honestly, I think he's the most knowledgeable person I've ever talked to about red light, which is saying a lot. Did you know, speaking of iron and hemoglobin, did you know that red light interacts with the photoreceptors on our hemoglobin? No, I didn't. Oh, so let me tell you. <laughs> so apparently there's photoreceptors on our hemoglobin. The receptors on hemoglobin attach to both oxygen and nitrous oxide. And when red light interacts with these photoreceptors, it makes it 
drop the nitrous oxide, which goes into the bloodstream, which has then that has systemic health benefits. And then the hemoglobin can take in more oxygen. So it increases the oxygen carrying potential of your hemoglobin. So it's like a double whammy. That's amazing because a lot of the benefits from red light therapy are attributed to the nitric oxide. So that's that's a really interesting sort of like other side to it that I didn't realize that 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 was happening. I'm going to be diving deep <laughs> into that probably late into the night. I know. It was so exciting. He, he was like blowing my mind in so many ways. He also talked about a study where they studied athletes with ACL injuries. And those athletes, if you have like an intense injury like that, you're more likely to have cardiovascular tissue inflammation later in life. And it's because literally the inflammation from the injury travels to the cardiac tissue. Oh, wow. That's crazy. It's just the the body just is so incredibly miraculous and amazing. It just never ceases to amaze me. All the new things we're learning too about it. It's just crazy. So, and he was talking about that because he was saying if you have an acute injury, how important it is to treat it with red light to help mitigate things like that. Yeah, the red light is amazing. I The whole reason why I really got into red light and wanted to create my own panels was because of my fertility journey. And I wanted to really optimize our chances of conceiving. And I was going through all of these you know, studies on red light that especially Japan and Denmark have been doing because they've been facing like really low fertility rates. So they've been sponsoring a lot of research on it. And the one in, in Japan is interesting. It, it had really good results, but the one in Denmark was actually incredible. And they had like all these women who had been completely resistant to getting pregnant. And they did these red light therapy sessions with a laser, speaking of lasers, with something, a device called the Giga Laser. And they had such high rates of pregnancy and full term, caring to full term. And one woman was 50. And when I was reading it, it just, like gave me so much encouragement because I had had a loss, as I mentioned on the episode. And it's not that I suddenly thought like, oh, well, now I'm not fertile, but I was starting to feel like maybe I need some extra like help or boost. And so I used the frequency, the, the wavelengths of light from that study to create the sapphire panel. So it has four wavelengths in it and the sapphire, which I use and have been using like every day, I use it specifically on my abdomen because a fascinating thing about our ovaries is it's, as you well know, like one of the areas we have the most density of mitochondria along with the heart and brain. And so, you know, when the Danish study, they use the giga laser over the abdomen and they hit them with like the number of joules was like 20,000 or something. It was like a crazy number with this laser. And all these women who were resistant to getting pregnant, got pregnant, had full term pregnancies. And it was just like so exciting. I was like, I, this makes me want to, you know, create a panel that is like specifically for, for this, for myself. <laughs> and then I do think it probably like boosted my fertility. And because the biggest thing as women get older is egg quality declines. And it's actually because of the mitochondria. And there's a number of things that can happen in addition to the mitochondria, just like losing steam or getting damaged over time. There's also a loss of CoQ10, which is one of the 
electron acceptors in the electron transport chain. So I started doing the red light to support the mitochondria there in that area. And then also taking CoQ10. And yeah, it just, it made me really passionate so much so that I was like, I have to create my own (laughs) line of red light therapy panels, but it's just like my personal story. But I also know that a lot of women, you know, deal with issues conceiving and it's such an emotional, difficult thing for people that, you know, if I could like create something that would help boost that in any way, it would just like make me so happy. That's amazing. So the wavelength is different than the normal wavelengths that people use? Every kind of red light therapy panel has different wavelengths in it, you know, depending on the device. And the standard like wavelengths that you see in a lot of red light therapy panels is 660 and 850 nanometers. So 660, one is red and the other is the infrared, which is the 850 nanometer. So I added the 830 and the 630 and 830 nanometer, which were the wavelengths used in that Danish study. So I wanted to like custom create, because a lot of red light therapy panels will just have those two frequencies because they have been supported in the research. But those specifically, the 630 and 830 were used in that Danish study. So I wanted to, you know, customize it to have those, those four. So it's, you don't always have four or you don't have them in that specific range. It kind of depends on the device. That is so cool. You know what I'm thinking we should do? (laughs) Since I'm launching my EMF blocking product line and there's so many studies on EMFs and fertility, we should do like a fertility bundle. And it'll be like, it'll be like, buy the EMF blocking products. That would be amazing because I stopped, I stopped using my AirPods at the same time about a year ago, and that was also because I didn't want that to interfere with my mitochondria, my fertility either. So it's a really good combination. It's crazy. We should brainstorm some sort of promo. How can people get the sapphire? If you go to ketogeniggirl.com, you can check out the Tone Lux line of red light therapy panels. And the sapphire is like the big one, the half body panel that has those four wavelengths. And you can use it for any area of the body. I use it on my legs. I use it to precondition my legs before workouts. It's just a really powerful panel. So I was using it on my abdomen a lot. I'm not using it on my abdomen as much right now because I'm pregnant, but I'm still using it on my face and other parts of my body and also for ambient lighting, you know, around the room, like I know you like to do too. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's my favorite use of it, which I, I know is probably most people's like lower on the totem pole, but yeah, I'm all about the ambient lighting. Yes. And I think in the other thing that I have been, and we talked about this on another episode, really researching is air quality and getting an air filter that is HEPA grade. And I know you know so much about air filtration, and that's kind of the next thing that I want to, you know, even though I am pregnant now, like I'm still taking CoQ10, I'm still doing red light therapy, I'm still doing things to make sure, because those things, they improve egg quality, but they also just improve your overall health and like longevity and and everything. So I've been reading about how air quality and having an air purifier is so helpful for the mitochondria because that's carbon monoxide is is killer for the mitochondria. So you really have to have like really high quality air. Were you using air purifiers historically? No, I No. No. <laughs> 
This is a new thing for me. Okay. I have layers of different things that, you know, it's always, it's, it's been like a thing I've wanted to look into for a while, but haven't. Okay. Wait, pause. Oh my goodness. I'm like, <laughs> then again, I feel like the air quality, well, I don't know. Is the air quality better in Prague than here? <laughs> no. And it was really bad when I was growing up in China. It was like horrible. So yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Vanessa, we got to get you on team. Well, I guess you're, I guess you're here. But I want to be educated. Like I've been learning so much from you. So, okay. I'm like obsessed with air quality. I have so many, I mean, I go overboard. I have experimented with a lot of different brands and it's overwhelming basically because think about it, we're always talking about cleaning up our exposure to toxins in our food. And then we think about like our cleaning products and then a little bit like our skincare makeup. I mean, I'm talking about it all the time, but our air is what we are constantly in 24 seven. And so many of us spend our time indoors. So, and they've done studies and apparently indoor air and this is for the U.S., so, you know, again, I'm not sure about Prague, but in the U.S., the indoor air can be 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, which is crazy. We actually breathe, I just got some facts about this, we actually breathe around 30,000 gallons of air per day, which is just so much. There's all these different compounds that can just accumulate. So people think about things like bacteria and viruses, but mold, VOCs, all of these chemicals from all of our our products that we have. And so I am all about the air filters and purifiers. And so actually we have a new new sponsor on this show that I'm so excited about because I had been using their devices for quite a while and was a big fan of them because I think they make having a high quality air purifier so affordable for people. So it's Air Doctor. I have one of their units. I love it. Literally looking them up right now to check them out because I want to invest in a really high quality device or maybe multiple. See, they've got purifiers and well, they have HVAC filters for your whole house. Oh, I would love to do something like that. Once I have an actual, you know, consistent (laughs) abode. Oh, it's nice looking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So they look, okay. So things I love about them, they look super nice, aesthetically pleasing. They're very quiet. It's actually one of the only, this is a true statement. It's the only air purifier I have that I run while podcasting because it's so quiet, which is amazing. And they're super affordable, which is what I love. When I was researching them in the past, one of their missions was to make high quality air affordable to people. So people can listen. We have an ad for them in the show. So you can listen to that for more details, but we do have an incredible offer speaking of affordability. So the coupon code I have podcast, depending on the model you choose, will actually get you up to 39% off or up to $300 off which is like crazy. So it depends again on the model. So that's airdoctorpro.com. So A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com with the promo code IFPODCAST for up to 39% off or up to $300 off depending on the model. I have the the 300, the Air Doctor. Yeah, that's the one I was just looking at. It circulates about 638 square feet, four times an hour. Or 1,200 square feet twice an hour. Yes, that's the one I have, the Air Doctor 3000. 
It's so cute. Yeah, I love it. I have it in my kitchen. Yeah, like I said, looks super nice, very quiet, has an ultra HEPA filter, a uh, carbon gas filter to trap VOCs. I really like its auto mode. So it, it, oh, this is what I love about it. Okay. So it's in the kitchen because I don't always like trust the auto modes on these things. Like I've had units of different companies and they don't, I don't really feel like it's doing the auto mode because it like never changes. So this air doctor is in my kitchen and it's always quiet doing its thing. Every time I cook on my George Foreman grill, if I use it, if I open it, like open the George Foreman grill, it like kicks into high speed. I'm like, oh, it knows. So it's very impressive. Like it knows, totally knows. It's like intelligent. Uh-huh. And it stays on like for a little bit and then it, you know, simmers back down. I'm probably going to get feedback about using a George Foreman grill, but that's okay. You got to just like pick your battles. It's easier to use than my cast iron. This is a really nice discount. Like I just put the coupon code in <laughs> just to see. And yeah, it's it's a generous discount. And they're already affordable, very affordable pricing. Yeah. And then you put in that discount and it like slashes it. So yes, Air Doctor. I'm just so excited to have them on the show because I've been using them for so long. Hi, friends. I'm about to tell you how to get up to 39% off or $300 off one of my favorite air purifiers ever. That's right. Up to 39% off or up to $300 off. Keep listening. So as you guys know, I am obsessed with clean air. It has such a profound effect on my health, my experience of the world. I notice a huge difference when I'm in clean air versus not. And I keep the air in my apartment so clean. When the apartment maintenance people came to check the air ducts in all of the apartments, they said to me that my apartment had the cleanest air of any apartment in the entire complex. And these are people who are literally checking the air in the apartments. You guys know I am all about cleaning up our exposure to toxins and our air is one of the main ways that we are exposed to those every single day. Think about it. You are literally living in the air 24-7. And Americans today spend 90% of our time indoors. And according to the EPA, did you know that indoor air can actually be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air? We're talking about the off-gassing chemicals that come from your furniture, from all of the products that we have, from the plastics, our cleaning products, VOCs. Whenever you're cooking, you can release toxins and then don't even get me started on viruses and mold. I personally in the past lived in an apartment with mold exposure and it wrecked my health. It really was the catalyst and what I like to refer to as the black hole part of my life that I had from living in mold. That was before I was using air purifiers. I am thrilled that this podcast is sponsored in part by Air Doctor. I already had an Air Doctor unit before we partnered with them. So when they reached out, I was an immediate yes. I was like, please let me share this with my audience. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Oh, do not get me started on the pet dander. I am so allergic to that. In fact, every time I go over to my parents' house, they have lots of pets and I'm just like, can I please get you some air purifiers? So if you would like all of that out of your air, you need an air doctor. What I love about Air Doctor's mission is they actually have a mission to make pure, clean air affordable and accessible to everyone because I know air purifiers can be expensive, so they wanted to change that, make it accessible, and make units that could fit everybody for the exact type of unit that they need for their lifestyle. 
The units are powerful enough to circulate the air in a 630 square foot plus room four times per hour and have multiple filters. They have an ultra HEPA filter as well as a carbon gas and trap VOC filter. And what I love is they look very stylish and they are so quiet. So friends, I have had a lot of air purifiers in my life. Air Doctor is the only one that I run while podcasting. So yes, those WhisperJet fans are 30% quieter than the fans in ordinary air purifiers. So especially moms, if you have kids and you want to protect their health, you want them breathing clean air and they will be able to sleep because these machines are so quiet. What's also super cool is their auto mode sensor. The Air Doctor auto mode really works. Whenever I'm cooking in my kitchen, if I cook some meat on a grill, it immediately springs into action and then I can hear it because then it goes into high mode. It's very, very impressive. Every time it happens, I'm like, oh, it really does know. And Air Doctor has an incredible, fantastic, amazing offer for our audience. It's time to get peace of mind with Air Doctor. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, you can just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code IFPODCAST. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. That's right. You can lock in this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code IFPODCAST. One last time, that's up to 39% off or up to $300 off if you go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code IFPODCAST. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. So... I do have a quick other announcement. Oh, wait, just last question about what we were talking about. I have to ask you. When you said you were anemic, because I struggle historically with anemia, in what lab markers were you anemic? Like, did you do a full iron panel with like ferritin and everything? Or I did. And it's actually mostly because your blood volume increases by about 20%. I wouldn't say it's like a true anemia, but it's like a pregnancy kind of anemia. And it's mostly because you're diluting the, like the volume of ferritin, everything, because your blood volume is increasing so much for the baby. And it plays a big role in my biggest pregnancy symptom, which was fatigue in the first trimester. I don't have any nausea, any other issues. Same thing with Luca. The only (laughs) symptom I really have is fatigue, especially in the first trimester and the third. So I've really been, you know, amping up my consumption of beef. Like we had burgers or steak pretty much every day when we were in Denver and trying to get at least some serving of beef in or some red meat every single day right now. But it's really interesting. It's like I didn't have it that I know of last time, but this time I seem to have it. And I know it's because I wasn't eating that much red meat. Like I I don't, for some reason, I just wasn't like, we just got out of the habit. I wasn't ordering as much steak. I wasn't ordering as much, like I wasn't eating as many burgers. Like I was just doing a lot of fish, like a lot of seafood. And I just was like doing poultry and I just wasn't thinking about it intentionally. So I know that that's like probably the main reason because I didn't have that with Luca. And I was eating so <laughs> much red meat, like at least once, if not twice a day with him before getting pregnant and during up until I got the aversions. So it's really interesting. It's like you have certain things like your cholesterol markers to change and it's just like transient 
part of pregnancy. So you kind of have a different profile lipid and overall like blood profile when you're pregnant. So it was your ferritin that was low for the anemia? Yeah, it was a ferritin, but it was also a couple of other markers. And I just knew right away like, that it was because of blood volume increase so much. So I wasn't like too worried about it, but I was like, I know that I can, I can take some iron supplements and I can just eat a lot more red meat and, and it'll probably get better. And, and it did, it did improve after that. So we'll see how it continues to go. But, you know, women are often dealing with anemia because we tend to eat less red meat. We tend to eat healthier. We tend to eat more salads. Every time I go to a steakhouse, I look around, it's mostly men, not a lot of women there. And we also lose every month when we menstruate, we lose iron. When we give birth, we lose tons of iron. So we're more at risk of anemia. And I do lots of posts about how women need bioavailable heme iron and it's not the spinach. <laughs> it's, you know, the heme iron, if you are not, you know, vegan or vegetarian, it's it's the red meat. It's the most, you know, bioavailable, absorbable, and it makes the biggest difference. And it's it's really not all in the spinach, as you know, we've been told. It's so funny. So right now I'm preparing to interview. I'm reading two books. I'm reading Dr. Gabrielle Lyon's new book. Me too. I love her. Are you going to interview her? Yes. I love her so much. She's a dear friend of mine and she like helped me out so much with my pregnancy and birth with with Luca because she's a physician too and she just had two kids. So we had we had a lot, but she really, really helped me. We kind of bonded over that. But yeah, I'm, I'm reading it also. I was texting her and I was mentioning you. It was like a really long text because she was asking like what podcast should she go on? So I gave her like this really long list and I didn't know if you knew her or not. So I included like this whole thing about you in it and she didn't address it. So I was like, that's weird. She didn't address it. So I, I didn't know that you guys knew each other. Oh yeah. Yeah. For a while. And yeah, she's been on the podcast once or twice, but yeah, she, she's really an amazing person. And Dr. Don Lehman, her mentor, I've, I've also, I just had him on the podcast last week again, but I've had him on three or four times, which is how I connected with her initially. Gotcha. No, it's so funny because she texted me. She was like, do you know anybody, I uh, any podcast I, I should go on? And then she said, she was like, I feel like you know everybody. I was like, I know everybody. You're Gabrielle Lyon. <laughs> like, <laughs> where's that? It was always like, that always blows my mind. And the, no, it's funny though. So I'm reading her book, which I am just loving. But at the same time, I'm reading, do you know Dr. Joel Kahn? He the, yeah, he's the big vegetarian doctor, right? Who went on Rogan's podcast to do the debate with Chris Kressler, I think. I think that was him, was that? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I did not. Okay. Yes, that was him. And I listened to that. Do you know my story about how I'm getting him on the show? No. Oh, this like made my life. So I had him... On my list. So I have like my list of like guests to reach out to to try to book on the show. I so rarely like do that because I'm just so slammed with <laughs> incoming requests, anyways. So he was on this like list of like someday. Your dream list. Yeah. I probably added him after listening to that episode with Chris Cresser, honestly. I totally forgot that that's how I originally heard about him. So when that article came out, the one that like made my age the title, like 32 year old podcaster article on CNBC profile piece. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was hilarious. So after that came out, I talk in that about 
wine and alcohol and he's like for health (laughs) and he's a big wine fan. So he saw that article like just organically and reached out to me and was like, we should collaborate. And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you're on my list. That's a real moment. Yeah, no, no, that was like a hardcore moment. I was like, yes. (laughs) So I'm reading his book right now, which is called, we should tell Gabrielle's book. Gabrielle's book is Forever Strong, A New Science-Based Strategy for Aging Well. Hint, hint, it involves protein and muscle. And then Dr. Khan's book is The Plant-Based Solution, America's Healthy Heart Doc's Plan to Power Your Health. And ironically, it's not the antithesis of Gabrielle's work, but they have very diverging viewpoints. So it's very, I really love when I have these moments of reading, you know, just complete different viewpoints at the same time. I think it's so helpful for, I don't know, finding truth (laughs) to like be exposed to a lot of different viewpoints. So I'm very excited about that. Okay, very last thing about the steak. I thought about you the other night because I I went to see Wicked, the Broadway show. Which have you seen that? No, but I think it's like in the news a lot right now because isn't Ariana Ariana Grande in it? Oh, yeah, they're making a movie of it. Oh, okay. Oh. I've heard really good things about the musical. Oh, it's so good. I think I've seen it now. I don't even know, maybe six times, but I saw it twice in a row, like within five days. Oh, it's so magical. I want to see it again now. I almost cried when she was singing Defying Gravity. The second time I saw it, I was out very late, very long, drinking a lot of wine. And I got back and I was just ravenous, like ravenous. And I felt like a caveman. Like I went in my kitchen and I I ate three steaks and I didn't even really like cook them. I mean, I, I sort of did. It's debatable. That's like the thing I miss the most is from pregnancy is beef tartare. Oh, oh yes. You and I have this. We understand the raw, the raw meat. I literally just like put it on the grill for like a sec. They were frozen too. <laughs> I like put it on the grill for like a second and then I just like cut through it. Oh, it was so satisfying. And I was only going to eat one and I was like, oh, I got to keep going. So I ate three. That's what I was saying to Pete throughout like our whole dinner tonight. I was like, steak is just so satisfying. Like there's no other protein that I'm like, every time we're eating, I'm like, this is so satisfying. Like, you know, it's a superfood. It's so nutrient dense when like it gives your body that much like satisfaction nutritionally. It's amazing. It like feels like, like a sigh of relief when you eat it. Totally. I also sometimes get that feeling with salmon. I think from the like high omegas. Oh, yeah. I've been having salmon every day. (laughs) I crave it so much. I crave it so much, especially when I'm pregnant. So I've been having it every day. It's so good. I'll go through like salmon periods and I don't know what it is, but like I'll I'll just have to have salmon every night for a while. I really think the body just needs those fats and the more in tune you are with that, like especially if it's like for me – you know, I tend to do more like tenderloin with the steak. I eat more like lean chicken. Like most of my proteins are pretty lean, but I think the salmon is like the fatty one. So it's like my body knows like if it needs to get those omega-3s, it should ask for salmon <laughs> and I will deliver. <laughs> so so good. So good. Sometime we have to hang out in real life and go to like some like meat place and just like eat all the meat. Yeah. And just like all the raw <laughs> 
Yeah. I want to apologize to our vegetarian vegan audience. I do respect their viewpoint. <laughs> Not being serious. I respect your viewpoints. I just personally like need it. Yes. I I was vegetarian for most of my life. So like I, I definitely respect it, but I am still making up for that <laughs> that time <laughs> all the time. Reading Dr. Khan's book, I just feel so hungry. Like reading it. I, I would be so hungry without I was always hungry because of protein leverage. Yeah. And I think if I often think if I were to do it again now, based on what I know about protein, like I would be just doing like, I would be pounding like plant-based protein shakes, you know, multiple times a day. And I think that that would probably help a lot in addition to the other, you know, supplementation that you need to do if you can do it. (laughs) But yeah, I would, I would definitely go about it a different way now because it I definitely was not getting enough protein for years. Yeah. Something I'm going to ask Dr. Khan, I'm going to use myself as a case study because he talks a lot about cholesterol and how animal products affect cholesterol. I am the perfect case study. So especially because I've used Inside Tracker, shout out. <laughs> I love Inside Tracker. Oh, did you get your results from Inside Tracker? Oh, not yet. Oh man, I can't wait for you to get them. Yeah, it's just like they're not I'm not really like expecting much right now because I'm pregnant, like everything is different. So it's it's and we even discussed that, you know, when I went in for the test and they said this is not gonna be optimal. I was like, I know, because I'm like growing a person right now. So I'm looking forward to doing it also when afterwards, postpartum. Well, that's something great about it is how it keeps like in the app, you have all your data over you know, over the years now for me, and you can see, and this is what I'm going to talk with Dr. Khan about, you can see over time how everything's changing and it like has these graphs and it's just so, so helpful. But the thing I want to ask him, because he, he's a um, cardiac doctor. So a lot of what he talks about is cardiovascular disease and cholesterol levels and how diet affects that and specifically how bad meat is for cholesterol. I want to be like, look at my cholesterol panel, which I have points in it with Inside Tracker. It tests HDL, LDL, cholesterol, triglycerides, and ApoB, which is very exciting. You can see the trends. So I have trends where it's everything's very high, not very high, but high cholesterol, LDL, HDL. And then right now, everything is shockingly low. And throughout that, I have been consuming the same amount of animal protein, very, very high amounts. The difference is the high spikes are when I would do low carb, higher fat and not animal fat, plant-based fat. So basically I would do high protein with a lot of MCT oil. And in those times, everything's very high. When I do high carb, low fat, but very high animal protein, my cholesterol is low. And so that says to me, it literally can't, well, it can't be the animal. I mean, I guess it could, but it's really hard to look at that and say it's the animal protein because I've kept it consistent. I don't think it's the animal protein, but people associate animal protein with animal fat. So I don't eat high fat proteins except for salmon, which has healthy fat, a lipid profile. But I think if you're eating like carnivore and you're eating just like ribeyes and just tons of really high fat like pork and chicken. I think it could, you know, contribute to that. I prefer to get my fats from mostly from salmon 
and olive oil and coconut oil a little bit, like just for cooking, but I don't cook with olive oil. So that's like, I think maybe the only fat, other fat I get from animals like egg yolks, but it's so nutrient dense and nutritious. So yeah, I, I can't wait to hear you interview him. And like, and to that point, it's exactly what you said. People associate when they say animal products, they're they're talking about like the fattier part. But the and the ironic thing, and the reason I think I'm a perfect case study, and I can't wait to talk to him. I added plant based fats, and I basically would eat lean protein with, like I said, MCT oil, coconut oil, really just MCT oil, and that's what would drive everything up. So, and then now my most recent panel, I'm just pulling it up on the Inside Tracker app because people were asking because I posted this on my Instagram. And it's actually too low now. So like my total cholesterol is 104, which Inside Tracker has in the red, not even in the yellow. Yeah, it's out of range, but we all know the reference ranges are not necessarily. This is by Inside Tracker's range. Yeah, Inside Tracker ranges might be better than the, you know, the general population. They actually don't have a Oh, this is so interesting. Is this the way it is for all of theirs? Oh, the, oh wow, I never realized this. So this is not the way with all of their markers. Like HDL will go from green, like on the low side, HDL will go from green to yellow to red. LDL will go from green. So LDL goes straight from green to red. So you go from like great to like bad. And same with cholesterol. So in any case, everything is really low. So my cholesterol right now is 104. My LDL is 49. But in any case, people wanted to know what I did. My HDL is low too. It's 40. But the trigs are... What's the triglycerides? The trigs are 69. Yeah, that's perfect. So it's a good ratio. And I do want to research more how high does HDL need to be if if your LDL and cholesterol are very, very low. But in any case, people want to know what I did to make it... Because it really did like severely drop. You can see it on the graphs. I did three things. I started taking my berberine before meals, before I was just taking it in the fasted state in the morning. So I think that had a major effect because people typically take it for blood sugar, but it's been shown to have an effect on cholesterol lowering as well. I've been using my Carol AI bike, which I'm so obsessed with still. That could have a huge effect. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have a lot of studies on theirs on cholesterol, beneficial lipid level changes in people. So I've talked about it a lot before, but basically it's a long story short, it's a exercise bike. You do two to three per week of these eight minute workout. It's the easiest thing you will ever do. It's only eight minutes. The majority of the time you're just like breathing, literally breathing, like it's telling you to breathe and you're pedaling very slow and you're keeping your resistance below a certain level. And then you just do two 20 second all out sprints during which time it is yelling at you to run. So you feel very motivated. It makes a whole story that you're like a hunter gatherer in the woods running from a tiger. It's amazing. And I am seeing such changes in my leg definition And now getting my blood work back, I really think that that played a role. And the main part of it is it uses AI to adjust the pedals so that if you slow down, it increases resistance so you're still pedaling max effort. So it forces you to actually do, it's a re-hit workout, not a hit. So it's high-intensity interval training, but like a new version of it that's more effective and time-efficient. I'm obsessed. So you can actually go to carolbike.com. And the coupon code Melanie Avalon will get you $100 off. And I'm going to be doing an interview with them soon. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, so that's the changes I made. That, oh, that, the berberine. And then I stopped heating up my fruit. 
because my HbA1c had jumped through the roof from doing that and it went back down. That's right. Oh, so it was that's really what it was then. It's ironic because I changed three things, taking the bird brain, the Carol AI bike and stopping cooking the fruit. But yes, friends, this was so upsetting. My HbA1c, which is always around like 5, I started heating up my fruit because it made it taste like pie and it jumped to 5.8. I was freaking out. That's like, <laughs> it's not okay. I went cold turkey, no pun intended, literally cold turkey, started eating the fruit frozen again, and now my HbA1c is 4.9. So and that was in a month. It changed. A month. That's awesome. Which is really empowering to show how much change you can make in a short amount of time. Because even HbA1c, it's supposed to be a three-month marker, but you know, it changed that much in a month. So team exercise, team don't cook your fruit, team berberine before the meals. Yeah. We just have so much incredible access to biofeedback and data now in terms of, you know, that was the thing that like, it made me so excited the first time I learned that I could measure my own blood at home and I could see what was happening inside my body in response to what I was eating. And then Obviously, like the ketones thing, like really like took off for me too. But I just think like now we have the ability to get so much feedback. We don't have to like poke around in the dark anymore. Like you can actually figure out if like heating up your fruit is making your blood sugar higher, you know, like you can actually figure things out with these kinds of incredible tools. And it's so telling, especially with the fruit thing, because I did not change the amount of fruit I was eating. The only thing I changed was I was heating it up. And that it can have that big of a difference is so, I mean, it really makes you think more about processed foods and how we might be eating the same amount of food, but in a processed form, like how that changes how it interacts in our body. It's crazy. It's crazy. Hi friends. I'm about to tell you how to get my favorite electrolytes for free plus special announcement. Element's new chocolate medley is here. So when you think electrolytes, you might think summer and hot times and needing to stay hydrated. But did you know that hydration is actually super important in cold weather as well? There's an idea out there that cold weather reduces our hydration needs. That's not true. So in the cold, two main things can actually increase our metabolic rate. You may be working harder, tramping through the snow... And you can be wearing cumbersome winter clothing that can actually raise your energy needs by 10 to 20%. And as your metabolic rate raises, your sweat rate raises. And you need to replace those fluids with electrolytes. You also lose more water when it's cold through your breath. That's because cold temperatures contain significantly less water than hot temperatures, aka it's drier outside. When you breathe in that cold, dry air, your respiratory system actually acts like a humidifier so that your body can be warm and humid like it likes to be. Of course, that drains your hydration reserves as well. One study actually found that respiratory water loss after a full day of activity nearly doubled at freezing temperatures compared to the 70s. On top of that, when you're cold, you actually become less thirsty, possibly from blood vessel constrictions in the cold, which can trick the body into thinking the blood volume is higher than it is. In other words, it's cold out there. You probably need hydration. And electrolytes are so key for all of these cellular processes in your body, all of your energy production. It all requires electrolytes, but it can be hard to find electrolytes which are clean 
without unnecessary fillers and which you can feel good about drinking. That's why I love Element. There's a reason I'm obsessed with it. There's a reason all you guys are as well. And like I said, I'm so excited because Element's new chocolate medley is here featuring chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. And this is a limited time, so you definitely want to stock up on these now. Plus, you can get a free gift with purchase when you purchase that chocolate medley or other Element electrolytes. That's right, you can get a free sample pack, eight single serving packets for free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. You can get yours at drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast. That's drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast. By the way, those chocolates in that chocolate medley make delicious hot chocolates. And of course, as always, Element has a no questions asked refund, so you have nothing to lose. So go to drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast to get your free electrolytes. So yeah, all the things. I did want to do a fasting question before we wrap up. Okay, so we actually have two questions related to coffee. Vanessa, would you like to read both of them and we can talk about it? Yeah, let's get into it. So we have the first question from Sunshine. It came to us on Facebook in your Facebook group. And the question is, is just coffee first thing in the morning okay? Lately, it has gotten so much negative attention. I have seen more and more lately about if you only drink coffee in the morning, it causes leptin resistance and imbalanced cortisol. I am a long time faster. OMAD one meal a day was my go-to for a long time until Cynthia on this podcast convinced me that I wasn't eating enough protein in a 24-hour period, so I lengthened my window. I don't eat until later in the day and only have coffee for breakfast. Is coffee okay just by itself? Thank you. Okay. And then we also actually have another question. And this is ironic because the first question was from Sunshine and this is from Sunny and they're not the same person. They are different people. So would you like to read Sunny's question? Yes. So Sunny asks, Melanie, I have the same question regarding clean fasting with coffee. Is it a stressor? Okay. So friends, I went down the rabbit hole with this question and so honestly, when I read this, because I I feel like people do think coffee and they think that it raises cortisol. I know I did. Like I read this and I was like, yeah, I've heard that. Let me see what I find. So my takeaway, I found a lot. <laughs> so I think this is just my theory because I'm going to go into what I found about it. I think people are confusing. Okay. Well, first of all, let me step back. There are conflicting studies. So there are some studies that show caffeine raises cortisol, and there are some that show that it lowers. Overall, though, I read this really amazing review and walked away from that feeling like, in general, caffeine and coffee actually has a lowering effect on cortisol, and I'll talk about why. I think people are probably possibly confusing cortisol with catecholamines because both of the – so catecholamines like adrenaline, epinephrine – noradrenaline, both of those can stimulate a sympathetic state. So like a fight or flight type response, we get that from cortisol, we get that from catecholamines. Coffee, caffeine pretty consistently stimulates catecholamines. It does not seem to do so with cortisol and it might actually do the opposite. So that's my theory. 
about where the confusion is coming in, just a theory. But so what's really interesting is that there is a lot of data and literature on coffee's beneficial effect on diabetes and blood sugar control. And so I found this really cool study. It's 2022. It's called The Acute Effects of Coffee Consumption on Blood Glucose and Its Relationship with Serum Cortisol and Insulin in Females. And so it was looking at how coffee affects cortisol and insulin in females. And it also referenced a lot of the literature up to that date. And again, I liked it because it was 2022, so it was very recent. And basically, a lot of literature has shown that coffee lowers cortisol levels in the blood. They think that that might actually play a role in its beneficial effects on blood sugar levels. Because ironically, in the short term, coffee seems to reduce insulin sensitivity, but there's more going on there because, like I said, the long-term effects are beneficial effects on blood sugar regulation and diabetes. So the response to coffee seems to be connected with the cortisol. So cortisol seems to go down and blood sugar seems to go down with coffee consumption. And it tends to be an acute response with that cortisol. So right after drinking is when you're seeing the decrease in serum cortisol levels. And that's what they found specifically in that study. It also can reduce glucose and glycogen in the liver. And it does that by inhibiting muscle glycogenesis, which is basically the formation of glucose in the liver. And then at the same time, not only does it seem to lower blood sugar levels and reduce cortisol, but it might also affect other hormones, so adiponectin, and that might be playing a role in its beneficial effects on diabetes. And then Sunshine was asking about the insulin connection. There was another study from 2017, so they actually found that it did affect leptin levels, but that it did not affect insulin or cortisol levels. So that's like a you know a baseline no response with cortisol. So my takeaway reading all of it, and this is crazy because you know, a lot of people are thinking coffee, stress, that it's, you know, the sympathetic state and a problem. But literally this article was positing that coffee might have an anti-stress effect because of its reduction in cortisol levels. So what is going on here? Oh, and then just as like another tangent, I didn't know this. There are over 1,000 compounds in coffee that affect glucose metabolism, which is Crazy, mind blowing. So, and likely beneficially. So, my takeaway after reading all of that was coffee and caffeine is probably, probably not having a negative effect on cortisol. It's probably having, if anything, a beneficial effect. And this, this fear and concern about the quote cortisol, I think might be due to caffeine activating the sympathetic system via other modalities which would be something to keep in mind. So it, it might still be a concern for other reasons, but I, I actually don't think it's the cortisol, at least just not from what I was reading. And then I was going to go on a tangent about my new favorite coffee. But before that, do you have do you have thoughts on the coffee and the cortisol? I'm so glad that you clarified that. Honestly, I'm kind of over the whole like anti-coffee trend. As a sports nutrition specialist, I'm very aware that caffeine is actually one of the only scientifically backed supplements that is an ergogenic or performance aid. I'm such a huge fan of 
coffee and caffeine. And not just because I'm super addicted to it, but also because I just think it has so many amazing properties. It actually even, it actually helps with fat burning. It helps the body release those catecholamines that you were mentioning, which bind to the beta receptors on our fat cells to help with fat flux. It actually even can stimulate brown fat. Like there's just so many wonderful things about coffee. I think the issue that people can run into is if they are doing too much potentially, or if they're sensitive to it and they notice, like if you have caffeine and you notice that every time you have it, I mean, coffee, you feel anxious afterwards, like try having a less potent dose of it or try going off it. I've done so many experiments where I was like convinced by all this anti-coffee messaging, like maybe I should try it. (laughs) Maybe it is like affecting my blood glucose, et cetera. And every single time I would cut it out for like a month, it would make zero difference, none whatsoever. I probably was just like having less fat burning, less performance. I limit myself because I know my myself. I have one cup in the morning and I make my own espresso. So it's about 75 milligrams. I continue to have it during pregnancy because it's safe up to about 200 milligrams. If I really need it, I'll have another coffee in the afternoon, but I very rarely do that. So I have talked to people though. Like I have a friend who's a physician. She has like seven six or seven coffees a day because she's a super busy, like, you know, physician who needs to be alert and like on it all the time. And, you know, I think that like potentially there could be issues. Like if you were like having just so much caffeine constantly, so much coffee, but I'm a big fan of it. Like I don't understand why it is being, you know, touted, like you said, as having to do with stimulating cortisol. Other people say like it makes your blood sugar higher. If anything, that's probably just having you dump a little bit of glycogen from your liver. And that's not a bad thing. Like it's not like, oh, it's making you your blood glucose higher. So you're going to have diabetes kind of thing. Like not at all. So I don't really get the anti-coffee rhetoric. I think it's a little bit like maybe trendy. And so like people are jumping on the bandwagon and I think people like to, you know, deny themselves things and like feel good about themselves for doing that. So, you know, I think that may be where some of it's coming from, but scientifically it's like a proven performance aid. It's great for performance. (laughs) It's great for fat burning. So I'm like very pro coffee just personally. Okay. So I'm, I'm so glad we're on the same page and it's so interesting where that came from, because that is the vibe that I have, you know, just tangentially experienced about coffee. Like I said, I read the question. I was like, yeah, I've I've heard that. Like, that makes sense. And then I like went and looked at all the studies. I was like, oh, it does the opposite. Like it probably is really good for cortisol. Busting myths here on the intermittent fasting podcast. My mind was a little bit blown. And I, I walked away from like reading all the studies and I was like, I need my coffee for my blood sugar control. My... (laughs) Totally. And people have it totally opposite. A lot of people, a lot of people get it, but a lot of people have it totally opposite. And I don't think a like a week or two goes by that I don't get some kind of comment or message, you know, stating that like, oh, this person said that it's bad for my blood sugar, bad for, bad for my cortisol. And I'm just like, eh, here we go again. <laughs> like, so hopefully 
people listening to this will know and, and understand. And I know you will link up like all those, you know, studies in, in the show notes for people because some people may be like, I don't believe it. I have to go read that for myself so that I can be convinced too. Yeah, I'll definitely put a link. There was another study I found, and this wasn't coffee in the liquid form. It was coffee extract, but they found that coffee extract actually blocks the conversion of cortisol creation, which is crazy. So that's like also the antithesis of that it increases cortisol. So I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I do think that a lot of people can have an issue with mold in coffee and might be reacting to compounds in coffee and toxins in coffee. And that's why historically I'd been drinking literally bulletproof coffee since 2012. I am no longer drinking bulletproof coffee because, well, Dave Asprey is no longer with bulletproof coffee and can no longer confirm that they are, I mean, they might still be doing, you know, all of the mold testing and everything, but he's the reason I was trusting to drink that coffee. So he has a new coffee brand that I'm obsessed with. It is my official favorite coffee. And I'm probably going to give this to a lot of people for like Christmas and stuff. It's called Danger Coffee. So it's mold-free. But what's really cool about it is it's remineralized, which is so cool because minerals are just so key. And this is probably something I need to to go down the rabbit hole and research and see just how much does normal coffee potentially, like does it deplete minerals or not? Regardless though, so his Danger Coffee, he actually has a potent formula that has over 50 trace minerals, nutrients, and electrolytes in the coffee. So you get all the benefits of coffee, none of the mold, tested for purity and potency, and you get these minerals, these nutrients, these electrolytes, and it tastes amazing. I prefer it to Bulletproof Coffee. So it's my new favorite thing. I do have a discount. If you go to melanieavalon.com slash danger coffee and use the coupon code melanieavalon. So that's my favorite coffee for intermittent fasting. But yeah, just last comment is that researching all the coffee, my takeaway was that it sounds like the perfect thing to pair with fasting if you're a coffee drinker. It totally is. Like it also has appetite suppression effects. Like if you are wanting to do intermittent fasting, it's like your best friend <laughs> to, you know, especially in the mornings. Now, I know that there is some like rhetoric out there, some discussion out there about skipping breakfast and having coffee in lieu of breakfast and that being bad for your hormones. As we just talked about, it actually doesn't really have that effect. But some people do find that having a high protein breakfast is great. It's great for, you know, your muscle mass, your lean body mass. It's, you know, great for your metabolism and you can have coffee with it. If you like to eat earlier in the day, then I suggest either doing a breakfast and you still want to do time restricted eating or intermittent fasting, doing a breakfast and lunch or doing and, you know, closing your eating window early for the day or having a breakfast and then fasting until dinner. And you can have your coffee like with your breakfast. But if you prefer to eat later in the day, which I find so many people, myself included, prefer to do because we just don't feel that hungry in the morning. That's not a bad sign. And I think the fact that there's been this association, the fact that, you know, maybe people are saying that having just coffee for breakfast is causing leptin resistance, it's coming from the fact that having a high protein breakfast can help 
if you have leptin resistance is not the same as having just coffee for breakfast as causing leptin resistance. So if you do have leptin resistance, it's one of the things that's recommended in like Dr. Jack Cruz's leptin reset protocol, have a high protein breakfast with, you know, like more so fat for calories, not so much carbs. Protein scientist Dr. Don Lyman also recommends that. You know, Dr. Paul Arciero, who we recently interviewed, also recommends that. It's it's definitely, you know, great for body composition, but I don't think that we can then infer that it causes leptin resistance. So I'm really glad that you you cleared it up with some of the research as well. Awesome. I love that we are on the same page. I'm a little bit passionate about this topic. So I'm like, don't take my coffee from me. I, I'm passionate about it. I don't drink that much coffee though. Like I just have a little bit every morning. I know. Yeah. And you're still passionate about it. So yeah. Like I still love that little bit that I have. And I think it just works so well for so many people, especially just one last tangent, like all of these like pre-workouts and stuff that people are cramming down with all these, you know, weird ingredients. Coffee is a great pre-workout. Like, I feel like you can get a lot of the benefits just with coffee and just like a lot of health benefits from it. So, yep. So on that note, well, this has been absolutely wonderful. So a few things for listeners before we go. We talked about so much in today's show. You can get links to everything that we talked about and a full transcript in the show notes. That'll be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 330. If you would like to submit your own questions for the show, you can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. And you can join me in my Facebook group, IF Biohackers. I've started to ask in there for questions and I kind of like using them because it it keeps it really, really fresh. So if you'd like your question featured, definitely check out that group and you can follow us on Instagram. We are I have podcast. I am Melanie Avalon and Vanessa is ketogenic girl. And I think that is all the things. Anything from you, Vanessa, before we go? No, that's everything. Thank you so much for the wonderful questions. And I'm super excited for the next episode. Me too. I will talk to you next week. Sounds great. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, everything we discussed on this show does not constitute medical advice and no patient-doctor relationship is formed. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on iTunes. We couldn't do this without our amazing team. Administration by Sharon Merriman. Editing by Podcast Doctors. Show notes and artwork by Brianna Joyner. Transcripts by Speech Docs. And original theme composed by Leland Cox and recomposed by Steve Saunders. See you next week.